can't win. He got checked, the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the ball. Gay dollars months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the bush, it is 15 lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, pinky thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? Head stayed all closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has to pull the whip. Uh, yes, welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office Review Podcast. Jake Altieri hopping on the tools to host this one, but never fear, Simon Dinopoulos is still here, and Simo's going to join us with uh, the highest rated horse of the weekend. Yeah, cheers Jakey, Adam's away for the week, thinks his first holiday in about three years. We've also got the dispenser with us, so we've brought in the Saturday multi-team to Fill in what Adam would say is big shoes. The boys have been promoted. They've been promoted. You're up to the big smoke and probably kicking us out in a few weeks. But interesting weekend of racing. With Adam away, there's a swag of ratings to get done, which you've helped with this morning. But we haven't. I haven't had a chance to get through UK and Ireland. I'll be surprised if Adam doesn't have a look at those after a few reds, to be honest. So we'll leave that to him. But we might need to go through them afterwards then. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. He sent me through a message this morning, one of the winners, so we'll have to go back and check that one. They always get a bit of extra mustard. But the highest rated horse that we've rated so far would be Dan and Scorpion, who ran 120 in the Group 1 NHK mile yesterday. It was a bunch finished. The third horse was 200 to 1, which is always a bit how you're going, but the time stacked up well on the day, and I would certainly be wanting shares in the second horse, Materno Orion. Ran really well there, got a long way back, and would be black booking it. Historically, that rating sits right on the five-year average. So, decent race and expect the form to work out as it often does in Japan. And a bit closer to home for the flop of the week up north, the Sunshine State, not so sunny. Yeah, um, boys, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. It might come as a bit of a surprise to you all, and um, it's usually the way with this segment, but it's actually Zaki. It's uh, figures in 119. Um, since winning the Hollandale Stakes last year, it's just the second time he hasn't run a better figure than 120. Uh, I think during that time, he's had 11 starts for eight winners. And the only other time he didn't run you know, above that, he finished third behind probably in the Underwood Stakes. Where are uh, the first office to pot Zaki? But yeah. the numbers don't lie, really. He's pretty consistent. He's very consistent, as Ethan touched on. He's ran greater than 120 in eight of 11 starts, which is incredible when you look back through. Not many horses are able to do that. He has been a bit of a machine, and I have to say the machine was running on empty on the weekend. Uh, James got it perfect in front. He, In terms of timing the race, he's got it pretty much bang on. So I don't actually think there was a whole lot there. It's not like he's walked and sprinted home. It was you know, a truly run race, and Polly Gray and Cucaracha have got too close to him for us. And that leaves a big question mark over it. I mean, Kukaracha, was it, he hasn't won since he won the Derby last year up there? I think he's won since, but in a lower race. But then he's gone to that. Polly Gray's obviously flying, but you wouldn't have her in the top echelon of our horses, which Zaki is. So for us, I think he got away with it. It was similar to the Raiders beating the Bulldogs on the weekend. <laughs> Had to put that in there, didn't you? Yeah. Well, we've won, but you're not proud of it. <laughs> which is how I would look at Zaki's win on the weekend. He's been a great stalwart for Annabelle Nisham. He's picked up the prize money. The owners don't care what rating he, he runs, but we do, and we're saying he was poor. You said uh, J-Mac got it right on him, but he doesn't win the Colin Morikara Award this week. 
Yeah, the jockey who flushed it this weekend is Jason Collett on Battleton in the last, which if you backed him will come as a surprise to you. But doing the sectionals this morning, he got him into the perfect spot. Watching the race, when Jason popped him out, he looked so confident and I thought he was just going to blow him away. But he did not. There wasn't much there. And I've got to say, looking at those sectionals, very disappointing. And as we touch on every week with the Colin Morikara Award, these are the horses you want to oppose at their next start because the jockey's done pretty much everything they can to get the most efficient race out of the horse in terms of positioning and the overall time. So for Battleton, that's a big chink. He is first up, so he can improve. But that would be a little niggle for me going forward. And at the other end of the scale, we've got the Taylor Pendrith Award. Now, Ethan Perry, Jake Altieri, the Saturday Multi Boys. This was the first leg if you listened last week. And um, as Simo said on Twitter, if you follow him, he didn't realise that the barrier trials were there on the Gold Coast on Saturday. And I'll tell you what, it's uh, it was a hard watch for us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a pretty flat way to you know start the first leg of the quaddy. To start with, but uh, yeah, multi gone straight up, done and dusted. Had it to win, ran hard into second, but uh, yeah, it wasn't good enough for us, was it, Jackie boy? No, it wasn't. But she did flash home late, and it's very promising going forward. Yeah, very promising going forward. I mean, we've got the Oaks in a couple of weeks' time uh, at Eagle Farm. I mean, it looks like it's going to be pretty tough to hold out there. And it was much like the Vinery Simo, where she went back from. The draw and just hit the line nicely under Pike. And, uh, well, I mean, the figures sort of stack up, but at the same time, they don't. Yeah, it was... You'd like to say both our runs were barrier trials with the eyes towards the big Group 1 grand final. You look at the overall race sectional. So this is the leader, so not dynasties. They've come home 36.51, almost the quickest race sectional of the day. So 3.3 lengths faster home than Zaki. And Gypsy Goddess has spotted the leaders close to six lengths, but then overall time they've gone 12 lengths slower than Zaki. So they've gone really slow and they've powered home. Slaughtered to instructions from that wide draw. I think if you backed her in the Oaks, you would have thought a similar run was coming. They were going to, you know, really put her into the race. But Well, I mean, me and Ethan did. <laughs> <laughs> I guess blinkers off and they elected to ride her back and. You know, she's hit the line well. I don't, you know, they're going to be happy with the run. If you're back there, you're sick, obviously, because there is no way that she's not a better horse than Dynasties, and I'll be very surprised if she ever beats her again. And Dry Track, Eagle Farm, I don't think you can get enough on. So what do we think of the winner of that race? Then? Oh, good win. I mean, she's only settled a length in front of Gypsy Goddess. It's not like she's got away with it in front. So pretty similar runs, really, and lightly raced, in the right stable, trending the right way. All that jazz. She should run well in the Oaks, but I think given we've already seen Gypsy got us in a true staying test, which was the Oaks, it looked on speed, but as we touched on in the preview, that was really strongly run, which made the ride even worse on the weekend because if you know what's underneath there, you want to make it a stamina test and instead it was a sit and sprint and she settled last. So going to the Oaks, you know she'll stay, whereas Dynasties, I don't think it told us a lot about whether she will stay if it is a truly run test. And, yeah, I mean, I think you'll be firmly in Gypsy Goddess's camp going towards that Oaks grand final. Yep, and we're in uh, heading towards our favourite segment. Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. It's Around the Grounds time. Around the Grounds time, filling in for blanks this week. So I'm actually not sure how he does it, but I'll, I'll have a... <laughs> that's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> I didn't want to bug him. Surely Around the Grounds is just who's run the fastest time in comparison to our standards. In Caulfield, Victoria was race two, deny knowledge. 
Only had the three starts in Australia. First time we'd seen him beyond 1,400 uh, since his fifth start overseas. Ran a new peak and ran time from the front. So you'd imagine that form will stack up. Whether they want to go up in trip again, I would be a niggle. I'd probably want to keep him around the mile given he did run fast time from the front. Always a query with those horses going up in trip, but did it well. On the Gold Coast, uh, the bat out of hell, Esther L. Rocker, ran 102 on Saturday. She actually ran 107 at the Valley 2 back. She's a real speed machine when she's right, and she's now done it on wet or dry. So I think, you know, kept to that sort of distance range, she's certainly going to be competitive. To Gosford, Blondo, the champ, did it for the boys. Dirty Rotten. Dirty Rotten Blondo. How good was it? Chad Schofield, what a ride. Uh, He certainly doesn't win if he doesn't stick to the fence. Although no horse won up the inside on the day, uh, he would have got into a traffic jam, which plenty did. I must admit, uh, Chad Schofield, favourite jockey after the Wagga Gold Cup on Friday. Oh, what a ride too. He's getting a few for Waller and good to see because it's not easy for those jockeys certainly coming back from Hong Kong when you've already got an established hierarchy and you've got to somehow slot in somewhere. And he's obviously doing a lot of work for Chris Waller because, as you mentioned, wins the time-honoured Wagga Gold Cup on Friday and then backs it up on Dirty Blondo in the takeover target. So it's not an easy thing to do on Blondo. No, not an easy thing to do. He's tricked him into winning and it's sort of, you know, the horse has good talent. He's just been, barriers have just crawled him all the way through. So it's good to see him get that win on the weekend. The Coast, we know the cranky old man, Adam Blanco, doesn't like these pop-up races. And you've been not against ones such as the Golden Eagle, just where the timeline sets up with the Epsom. But these ones such as like the Coast, the Gong and the Hunter, thoughts? I think the problem with the Coast, where it sits, so generally I don't mind the Hunter because you get the flow on of those horses coming from the spring. But from the autumn, generally the good horses have either gone Adelaide or Brisbane. So doesn't leave a lot in terms of horse flesh. I mean, Jay Ford almost won the Taylor Penrith Award winning that race. Got away with absolute murder on Rustic Steel. Credit to Connections, they're able to race in these races. But, yeah, I'm not as big a fan as the Coast. I think it's sort of, in terms of, I'm not sure what hole it's filling. I like the pop-up races when they fill a hole. The Everest certainly did that. We didn't have a Sydney sprint in the spring. The Golden Eagle, I'm not sure there actually was a hole there, but, you know, it's worked out well, I guess. I'm still not really sold on the Golden Eagle because I feel it has ruined a lot of races. But at the same time, it's worked. But that's my little niggle with the pop-up races. They need to fill a hole, and the coast doesn't. Right. Oh. Morfittville? Yeah, Snap Dancer. Smashed it. Uh, strong, sustained speed. She didn't get away with it in front. She just ran time from the front and was simply too good. She was previously rated 108, and clearly Freshie's best. She came out of that messy new market, and again, the Mara News are stable. They're just so good at this, like rebooting... Pretty much 56 days, which is not easy to do, into a similar contest and drawn wide straight to the front and she's gapped them and ran good time. And what more can you say? She ran 116. She is, that's a seriously Group 1 winning figure for a mare. Do we have the sectionals for that? Not yet. I was going to say, what about Ethan Brown's ride out front? Yeah, I'd imagine he's flushed it because given the time she's ran, uh, he hasn't got away with it, as mentioned. He's just built her... I'm guessing from the 800 onwards, and he's kept up sustained speed and it's come out a really fast overall time. And Perry, we uh, fell into the same trap alongside September Run. Yeah, I was about to say the party horse, September Run. Simo, I know I copped a bit of flack for it <laughs> earlier during last week, um, but then turned into a party horse and we were all on it. And disappointed in the end, but obviously found the line pretty well in third. Yeah, uh, good to see her sort of repeat what she'd been doing because she'd lacked consistency in previous preps, obviously 
Chris has got her back where she needs to be and I guess, you know, back markers where she was positioned in the run when you've got a leader running that time from the front, it's almost impossible for you to win. She just wouldn't be, you know, she'd have to break 32 to get, you know, to win. So she's not going to do that. And over to Ascot, WA. It's a ray day back in, back in town. Yeah, they stretched him out for the guineas last time in. I think just through lack of options with a horse of his ability by winning Rupert. So you'd imagine he is a sprinter. He's ran 101 on the weekend. He got into the perfect spot. He got the PR of PRs. So I know some people will want to be against him off that, but he's ran up to his peak first up, which for me is a big tick. Simon Miller stable. He looks a serious sprinting prospect. I'm just hoping he can take that jump because he was really fast early and sometimes those horses, that's as good as they are. Now We've seen similar with Ayrton now on the weekend. He went really fast race two and then he hasn't been able to improve on it. So I'm hoping that's not the case with It's a Ray Day because if he can build on that, he'll be winning more races over there. And news on Ayrton coming out today that they're going to scrap the Derman Cup Q22 prep and bring him back to the Stradbroke. Uh, do we think that's going to suit him a bit better? This is open to the floor. Oh uh, Yeah, no, look, I think I think it'll be, it'll be right up to the task and um, yeah, it'll be competitive for sure. I was surprised they went straight to the staying trips with him. I think the Stradbroke looks more of his race, more so because he hasn't won anything, and so he's going to get into a handicap. He looked a Stradbroke horse last year, and they obviously had to pull up stumps with him then, but I'd imagine it does look a more suitable race. He had no excuse. I think he got blown up on the weekend. Zaki's gone along at a fairly solid clip in front, and he's tried to tag him, and he's thrown the towel in. Wet track, maybe didn't handle it. That was the report out of it. So I think it's a forgive. He gets back to a dry eagle farm. You know, it has to be a big chance. And now, favourite time of the week. That is just so exciting. The Bruce McAvady Award winner. I'll throw to you boys, the Saturday Multi. Who wins it this week? Yes, it's uh, front page. Uh, I'm not sure if you boys have heard of the story of Archer, the winner of the first Melbourne Cup. Walk, apparently walked from Nara down to Flemington <laughs> to win the first Melbourne Cup. And Jeff Duray, if you're listening, please reincarnate that story and whatever you have to do to get front page to Ranwick on the 15th of October this year, do it. Because I tell you what, he's missed out on the last two Kosciuskos and he dead set would have absolutely pooped in. And he needs to get there this year because he's run an absolute bottler first up. Brand new peak. We got him rated 109. And that puts him right on the same line as the mighty Santa Ana Lane, who then went on to win the Rupert Clark and was rated 128 when he won the TJ Smith back in 2019. So for those that don't know, what is the story with Front Page? He can't travel. Yeah, so I remember hearing a story. Uh, he said on the radio that he didn't want to bring him to Sydney prior to the Kosciuszko the second time around. So that was last year, 2021. And so he was racing him down in Melbourne. The horse only had four starts, I think, since 2020, which obviously doesn't bode well. He must have a few issues here and there. And then he loaded him on the uh, float, 2019, 2020, I should say, sorry, and hurt himself on the way up, was scratched. Same deal happened in 2021, got loaded on the float, hurt himself, scratched once again. Um, so I'm not sure how they're going to do it. If they take him from Coral to Albury, have a day there. Albury to Wagga, have a day there. Just whatever you got to do, you just got to get him there because I think the handle the truth is probably already confirmed going there. And he gets in better at the weights than Handle the Truth does with the set, the set weights and penalties conditions. So 
It'll be a good race. Front page sits on the pace. If he draws well, he, oh, I just he's just going to be very hard to beat in that Kosciuszko. You're getting eight dollars everywhere, so I'll be having a little nibble. So his biggest danger is himself. Pretty much, if he if he just keeps himself right, and Jeff Duray can keep him sound and happy. And I'm not sure where he's going to go to now. Uh, there's a the Santa Ana Lane Sprint Series now during this during the winter down in Melbourne, isn't there? So they might try and pick up a few races down there and. Hopefully, not too many, so you can stay at that sort of 55 kilo weight range for the Kosciuszko, but I tell you what, there's a $1.3 million carrot dangling right in front of him, and he's just got to get in there because he'll chomp it up, I can tell you that much. I reckon Jackie Boy's a bit keen on him to win. I think he might have already had that nibble. Yeah, I reckon he's already on. It pains me to say, I love Handle the Truth, as everyone knows, Yeah, but oh, he'd just be so hard to beat. And if he doesn't start, for, oh, obviously we don't know the field. And there's a long way to go, but he would be dead set close to starting favourite if he goes that direction. Oh, if he starts his favourite, no doubt. Looking back, everyone knows the Wagga Town Plate. What a race it is, historically. Santa Ana Lane went on to be a Group 1 winner. But going back through the history of the race, Century Kid did the reverse. So he won the TJ in 2001, running 123. And then the next year he came to Wagga, showcasing his talent. Carried 63.5 kilos and won by three on the bridle. Rated 115. So interesting to see where front page ends up. If he can get to that 115 mark, they're going to have a lot of fun with him. And as you mentioned, if he fronts up and runs 109, 110 in that Kosciuszko, he'll be winning. So let's hope he can get there and we get to see him produce on the big day. The best country carnival going around, isn't it, Ethan? Yeah, and saying that, Simo, um, Shelby 66 would have been doing a similar would have gone a similar pathway there if he um, accepted it in the town plate, but obviously instead chose to go to Gosford. And now on to the Doom and 10,000 with him, and there is a chance they're going to move the meeting to Eagle Farm, which Danny Williams will be praying they don't because it's going to go from a heavy 15 to a good track at Eagle Farm. As will the trainers of the favourite, Peter and Paul Snowden. Mm, there, I think they'll be lobbying all week. But we don't know with Marzu if he is just a wet tracker. It's one of those hard ones. Like, he's been gelded and he's put a nice few wins on the board is it because it's wet or is it because he's working it out and the problem will be if he doesn't win on a dry track everyone will just go ah he's a wet tracker he's mm. a wet tracker yeah so i think i mean they probably want it to be heavy they don't need to find out right now if he's a, a good track horse or if it's just you know a combination of the two but looking forward to the ten thousand on saturday we'll have nathan x will be on gonna do it thursday because i'll be off to magic round on friday but we'll do the preview earlier this week Hopefully we can find a few winners. I think we all tipped everyone into, unfortunately, we've tipped everyone into sort of state in the guineas and oh, it was a very, very expensive nostril there. We potted the favourite and he beat us, so hopefully we can bounce back on Thursday and tip everyone a few winners. No worries, guys. Thanks for listening to the Racing and Sports In The Office review podcast. As Simo said, be back Thursday. Come back Thursday. The You boys will be putting out your multi on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's when they need to tune in. Well, you're not wrong, because we're going to have a winner this week. Oh, that's my word we are. <laughs> should be going for three in a row. We should be, but, you know. Bloody, Pike. bloody Pikey. I never thought he'd win the Taylor Penrith Award. I'm furious. Pike and Van Dyke. Furious. They've given it two glorified barrier trials during his prep, and they fell short in the air, because I hope it doesn't happen again. i tell you what, you better not, because I think everyone in this office is just going to be loading up. There won't be a door on this office if, he gets, if she gets beat in the Oaks. It won't happen. We're all good. All right, so make sure you tune in Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning. We'll have the Saturday multi. That'll come out sometime Thursday morning. And then Thursday evening, an early edition of 
Racing and Sports Preview Podcast. As Simo said, Nathan Exelby will be joining us once again, as he will do all Carnival, looking towards the Doom and 10,000. So um, thanks for listening and uh, hang around because there's more to come. Cheers.